Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, editor of the Herald Times. My co-host, Mary Catherine Carmichael, couldn't be with us today. She said she couldn't speak. She's got some horse thing going on, but I kind of doubt that, at least the speaking part. Um, But today we've got three great guests in the studio with us, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, summer in Bloomington, basically, and all the arts activities that go on here. Um, we have guests with us, uh, three guests. Maya Michelson is the assistant director for the arts, uh, city of Bloomington, assistant economic development director yeah. for the Yeah, arts. let's put some more words in there. Yeah, yeah, right. Not enough words. For the city of Bloomington. Emily Purcell is the chair of the Alliance of Bloomington Museums. And Drew Bratton is an arts administrator, managing director for the Indiana University Department of Theater, Drama, and Dance Indiana Festival Theater. Is that correct? That that all your correct. all your words, Drew? <laughs> yes, uh, Maya and I uh, have a lot our, of words. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about things in Bloomington, but I also at the outset would like to invite uh, our friends in Columbus, Greencastle, Nashville, Terre Haute, Kokomo, French Lake, or any other community in our listening area to uh, give us a call if you have something you want to talk to talk to us about. Uh, involving the arts in your communities this summer or activities. And you can call us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So there's a lot of words there, too. There are a lot of things that we have to say today. So thanks, all, all of you, for being here. It's always great to talk about what's going on in our city of Bloomington. And we've got uh, the university, we have the city, and we have the private sector, basically, all all involved here today. So, Maya, let's turn to you first, Assistant uh, Economic Development Director for the for the arts for the city of Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Just give us sort of an overview of how big the arts are in our community. Well, they're they're quite big. Um, they're $72.3 million big. We published this, uh, we partnered with Americans for the Arts on a national study of economic impact in the arts uh, in Bloomington. And, pu- and the results of that study were published about this time last year. And um, the economic impact of arts organizations and their audiences in the community annually is $72.3 million. Uh, and again, that's that's direct spending by organizations and their audiences. That's not indirect spending or sort of um, looking at how dollars uh, sort of um, continue to, to derive economic impact before they exit a community. That's direct spending. And that's a pretty substantial, significant number. I did a conference for the Indiana Arts Commission on building um, arts engagement and community development uh, last week in Hanover uh, Hanover College in Madison and did panels on cultural district development. And when I would just begin to outline all the activities, just the bare framework of what we had to offer here in Bloomington, invariably people's jaws always drop. And we had people from Indiana there, but we also had people from Kentucky and Ohio and Illinois who Illinois who were frankly shocked um, at the amount of activity that we have mm-hmm. going on in Bloomington. So it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's a little more apparent in the summertime because there's a little less other activity that's happening. And so it's an opportunity for, for the arts, I think, to sort of rise a bit to the – or come a bit to the forefront in the summer, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, yeah, a lot of that other activity involves Indiana University and Drew's here, Drew Bratton. So, Drew, you've been in your job for how long now? Almost two years. Almost two years. And I've been with the university since 2009, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. in the arts all across uh Right, uh, you've done other you've done other things in the arts. I That's true. Aware of that. So, uh, as arts administrator, managing director in the the Department of Theater and Drama, what, what's that entail? Well, right now uh, it entails being the managing director for the Indiana Festival Theater, which is the professional summer company that's affiliated with Indiana University's Department of Theater, Drama, and Dance, which is our new. New title, new name for the department. We incorporated the uh, contemporary dance program from the School of Public Health this year. Uh, And what it means is that we do five shows as part of our summer season. Uh, We opened Swing, the musical, on the 12th, two days ago. 
to uh, a sold-out house, and we continue that for the entire month of June. And then we uh, blend in a children's mm-hmm. musical in, in there, uh, June 22nd, Arnie the Donut, which is uh, based on a children's book by Lori Keller, and it was adapted by uh, playwrights uh, from Chicago that we picked up and as uh, the director of that show, Chad Rabinowitz, who's also the artistic, the producing artistic director for Bloomington Playwrights Project, said that is the greatest show on dough. Uh, <laughs> wanted me to make sure that I said that before I, when I was walking Chad. over here today. That leads us into July, which is uh, when we do shows in rep. Uh, so the uh, rotating repertory of much ado about nothing and uh, the matchmaker and so those are that fills out both of those months and then we don't rest really in august we uh bring in a brand new never before seen musical to workshop and that is part of our premier musical series mm-hmm. and the one that we are bringing in this year is called island song so that'll run the 22nd through the 25th of okay, August. Okay, so for those of us who might be a little bit uh, theatrically challenged, <laughs> when you talk about in rep or repertory theater, sure. um, explain that a little bit more. Sure, sure. Uh, what we do is actually on July the 5th, we'll open Much Ado About Nothing. So it will run that Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. Then it'll go uh, dark for a few days while we prep the production of The Matchmaker to open on the 12th. Uh, It'll run two days by itself. And then on that first uh, Saturday, uh, the 13th, they'll uh, play back-to-back. So what will happen is um, The Matchmaker will be the 2 o'clock show, the matinee, and then at 7.30, Much Ado About Nothing will start. And then going forward, it'll be Tuesday, one show, Wednesday, the other and back and forth, and then we'll do two show Saturdays all throughout July. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a, I'll just jump in. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Just to say it's, it's the only opportunity you, you'll see repertory theater uh, in the immediate area. I mean, it's really challenging. I mean, imagine doing a changeover, major set, and, and so forth. So it's a great opportunity for folks who want to see actors in multiple roles um, mm-hmm. to, to check out uh, actors playing in repertory. Again, it's done other places, but it isn't really done here. So I think it's a fun opportunity, mm-hmm. especially if you follow a particular uh, actor, to see them, again, tackle Shakespeare at 2 o'clock and then shake, uh, tackle Thornton Wilder at you know, 7.30. So these are yeah. all the same people that are doing these? The, the cast of the both cast. of those shows are the exact same exactly actors. The same. So they, you'll see one in one role at 2 o'clock and one in a completely different role at 7.30. kind of exhausting, I would think. It's a uh, it's invigorating, and then when they're done, I yeah, would right. say, yes, it is. It is exhausting. Okay, our phone numbers are eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight outside of the Bloomington calling area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're talking about summer in our city, summer in Bloomington, and uh, the arts in general here. Um, we have Emily Purcell with us. She's the chair of the Alliance of Bloomington Museums. You know, Emily, we don't talk a lot about our museums here in uh, uh, in Bloomington, it seems to me. I think you're maybe one of the um, more under-discovered uh, groups of, of arts and culture here. Would you agree? Yeah, it's true. And a lot of people stop when they stop at one of our museums and we give them the map of all the museums in Bloomington. Everybody, almost everybody can find um, two or three that they never even heard of before, much less visit it. The Alliance of Bloomington Museums has about a dozen members, more or less, in any given year, somewhere between 11 and 15, Mm -hmm. um, just depending on who's active and who isn't. Who's up and has uh, some sort of a collection on display or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Or or who wants to be that much involved with with the museums. And um, they range from the Monroe County History Center that almost everybody in Bloomington knows and is involved with at some point to um, the IU Archives, which most people don't know they have a exhibiting program Mm-hmm. at all, but they do put on several shows a year. And where are the archives? Uh, I didn't actually. Oh, you know, oh okay. Uh, <laughs> Drew, do you know? 
where the archives, archives are. Yeah. Um, I think they're actually spread out in a oh, few I places see. on <laughs> campus. So. Okay. The Sage Collection is an example of another oh, yeah. one that has uh-huh. – uh, they don't have a permanent exhibit space, but they mount several shows. Uh-huh. They usually uh, use several – they usually use other places, mm-hmm. other venues to show. Right now they're at the – they're in Columbus at the IU Center for Art and Design. They are mounting a show of 100 T-shirts. Wow. About the history of oh, yeah. T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. I about that on this yeah. very radio station. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I want to ask you a, a bit more in a, just a second, but we have a, our first phone call. So oh, my gosh, wanna, okay. So if you want to don your headgear there. <laughs> your, uh, we have Helmet from Bloomington. Helmet? Yeah, hi. Hey. Good to hear all you guys on The Voices. Full disclosure, I'm Helmut Henschel. I'm the new director of the Monroe County History Center. Hey, oh. great to have you on here. Hi, Helmut. <laughs> I couldn't resist but to call in and... Uh, just wanted to remind folks that, uh, you know, we are having a 1920s fashion show tonight at the museum. Uh-huh. So what's involved and, in that? And Well, actually, uh, what we recently did was open an exhibit on the 1920s. It's one, of our, uh, it's one of our rotating exhibits. And we do, in fact, have some dresses from the Sage Collection that I just heard you talking about on exhibit. And in conjunction with the opening of it, we decided we would just put on a little uh, fashion show of our own. So we've got some models lined up to uh, walk down the stairs on the outside of uh, the History Center and uh, put on a a vintage fashion show, per se. That's nice. Helmet, are you uh, modeling as well? Uh, Actually, uh, I will be an escort. I will be wearing my tuxedo and escorting (laughs) the ladies down the stairs so that we have no unfortunate... <laughs> or falls, and uh, yeah, so that'll be my uh, that'll be my role this evening. Well, so that's what, important. Yeah, what time does that all get started? It gets started at six o'clock. Six o'clock, from okay. Six to eight. Okay. And uh, and just as a reminder too, uh, we also have our annual garage sale going on. Uh, I just left the uh, site. We had a real good uh, we had a real good turnout this morning, and it's one of our larger fundraisers that uh, helps support the Monroe County History Center. And it's over at. Cook Pharmaca, right? It's Am I right? Okay. Cook Pharmaca, right? Exactly. Um, which is uh, actually the easiest way to get there is uh, as you're heading down Rogers Street, look to the right at Cook Pharmaca, and you'll see there's a, a driveway that will take you right in there, and uh, you'll see a bunch of cars parked in, on the lawn. Yeah, I was talking to someone last night who had it had the um, sale on her radar for this morning, and she was raving about some of the fantastic things that she had picked up at previous sales. So I think it's a great place to find all sorts of eclectic uh, things. And, and I've heard you've got a pretty decent collection of artwork that's available for sale out there absolutely. as well. So yeah, absolutely. We do have some. We do have some very nice items of art that were donated by uh, you know by residents here in Bloomington, and uh, so you know folks need to come out and. Uh, take a look and check it out. All right. Well, Helmet, thanks, and congratulations on your new job. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you all sound great on the radio, by the way. Thank you, Helmet. If we slip up, give us a call. All right. Thanks a lot. It's Helmet from the Monroe County History Center. So if you have a question or a comment, please call us at 855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Emily, I wanted to go back to you because I know that uh, one, of, one of the museums that you're involved with, the Farmer House Museum, uh-huh. and um, I uh, was there at the beginning of that. It's a, it's a house up on uh, North College that was owned by um, Mary Ellen and Ed Farmer. Uh, people may know the farmers or may have known the farmers, but when Mary Ellen died, she wanted her house to become a museum. It's been a long process, but tell us where you are with that project. Okay, yeah, the um, the uh, Farmer House Museum is my I'm I work there. I'm the director of the Farmer House, and uh, we are really really going now. Uh, we have a good exhibit program. We change exhibits every few months regularly. Uh, guided tours are available uh, from on uh, five days a week, which is Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. We open at 10 on those days. 
and we're open until one most days. But on Saturday, we stay open until four, so everybody can come over after they visit the farmer's market and come over and tour the farmer house. (laughs) Make a farmer day of it. Yes, exactly. Um, We're featuring our, we're getting our backyard cleaned up now because it's one of the few green spaces left in that neighborhood. And we're uh, starting a model victory garden so people can see what people were doing for food security during World War II. And uh, we're featuring summer clothes and artwork by members of the Bellevue Gallery this mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, again, it's one of those uh, smaller museums in town that a lot of people are not aware of. It's right next to the Woodburn House, mm-hmm. correct? And, yes. And so when Emily mentioned it's one of the few green spaces left, I mean, it's right there in the middle of a lot of the apartment complexes going up. And that corner um, is basically going to stay as a museum. I mean, it's in yes. a trust, so uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's not going to be taken over anytime soon. You know, and it's a great opportunity to to see a house in sort of a, you know, early 20th century in furnishings and so forth. And I think when we think about historic homes, we tend to think much earlier than that. So it's a great, you know, it's a great example of what, you know, a home in this community would have looked like at that time period. So I think it's I think it's a one of the great hidden treasures, little jewels we have in Bloomington. Again, that makes us a great community to visit. I mean, we have that Wiley House, which you know has its uh, you know has its own history. But then, I think this is a really unique space and a really unique opportunity to see this time in history in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask uh, Drew with with the, all the productions you have going on this summer. Where do you draw your audience from? We draw it from all over. I, we have. That core Bloomington audience that always comes in and sees the shows at the IU Theater. Uh, We're located right on the corner of 7th and Jordan, part of campus. But at the same time, we we draw from Indianapolis and Columbus, uh, most of your listening area, and and even from the surrounding states. Uh, It's a big part of the summer here at IU is uh, new freshman orientation, and we draw audience from those those folks that are coming into town to get their students acclimated to the new surroundings and getting them ready for their freshman year. So we work with the Office of uh, First Year Experience to try to pull people in, get them to prescribe to the what we say and what we call uh, stay stay an extra day and see. That's all part of the the pitch for the uh, 113 Days of Art, which is the campus wide art. Uh, Endeavor that President McRobbie began to uh, draw attention to the arts that are going on in I and on the campus of IU, but also in in the Bloomington community as a whole, and that's really something that we try to give to that that community that's coming in and and to provide for the people in the surrounding areas that may not necessarily want to venture into Bloomington when it's quite mm-hmm. so crowded with students during the regular year, mm-hmm. uh, but this is a great opportunity to come in and and see what. It really has to offer and with a little bit of freedom. Now, Drew, are these the shows that, that used to be in Brown County, essentially? They are. They are. We uh, came back to Bloomington in 2011, uh, made the decision to uh, get out of uh, um, Brown County, not because we didn't love being there. It was a wonderful experience for us, and we were there for nearly 60 years. But... Uh, it was a part of the exchange that uh, President McRobbie wanted to have um, more utilization of the resources here on campus. It was uh, a decision that we wanted to provide our students with a, an opportunity to do larger shows and uh, have different experiences in the professional realm. And we had these now three, at the time, two glorious spaces that we just felt uh, sad that, that had to be dark over the course of the summer. Right. And so we like to have the lights back on and let everyone see just what we can do in the Ruth End Halls and the Wells Metz Theater. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now in our new studio theater space where the Children's Theater will be going on this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it makes makes sense. But I just thought I'd get the uh, audience acclimated if they used to go to Brown County. Right. Go ahead, Mike. Well, and I was just going to jump in and say that I think the Brown County community has taken the Playhouse and has run with it, and they are programming some really great, um, great shows. Uh, some theater, a lot of live music, uh, comedy, um, films, all sorts of things. And I think that's 
it's been a pretty great opportunity for them, I think, to take that space and turn it into a, a community performing arts venue, which because IU, you know, owned it previously, made it challenging to, to program it and make it available for outside groups to program it outside the Brown County Playhouse season. So I think mm-hmm. Brown County's gained a year-round performing arts facility, which I think has been good for them. We're seeing some new restaurant development or some exciting new restaurant developments in downtown Nashville. Um, and so I, I think it, it's bringing around some pretty exciting changes there in the community, which is which is great to see, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's always been a very artistic community Absolutely. anyway in, in Absolutely. so many different ways. And hopefully somebody from Brown County might give us a call and let us know what's going yeah. on yeah, yeah, yeah. over there. So let me give uh, our numbers again. Then we're going to take a short break. It's 855-0811 in Bloomington. 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington calling area. Also, you can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. We're, we're taking a, a little bit of an early break today, but then we'll be back to talk about arts in Bloomington and the surrounding area this summer and basically all year round if we uh, get, to, get to that. So uh, you're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. You can take WFIU with you by downloading our podcast directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Couldn't be with us today, but we have three great guests in the studio. And I have to say, Maya Michelson, is, she'd be a great uh, partner for me on this, this show on the arts. <laughs> She's uh, very knowledgeable uh, about – she is the Assistant Economic Development Director for the Arts City of Bloomington, and she also knows about the arts on campus. Um, we have Drew Bratton, Arts Administrator and Managing Director of the Indiana University Department of Theater, Drama, and Dance. And um, Jonathan Michelson is involved with that, too. So yeah, Maya, little, Maya knows a yeah, little bit about uh, that. I do. And also with us is Emily Purcell, the Chair of the Alliance of Bloomington Museums. We're learning about Bloomington's museums today as well. So if you have any questions or comments, please phone us at 855 or one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition, and you can even follow us on Twitter at noon edition. Now, when uh, we had our first call of the day, Helmet called, and he's from uh, what's his last name, guys? I'm sorry. I I don't <laughs> no, know. No. I'm sorry, Helmet. I, you're gonna have to text us your yeah, last name. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It starts with an H, I, I think, should, I but should, I can't remember. I, I definitely what it is. should know that, and it was embarrassing. I brought that up, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you put us yeah, on the I know. spot. He did but. mention <laughs> that uh, that there's an, an event at the museum tonight, the History Center, uh, 1920s fashion show, and it sounded like a lot of fun. There are other events going on tonight, and Drew, you want to talk about one of those? Right? Well, one of those that is going on tonight is uh, the Summer Festival Orchestra uh, is performing at the Jacob School of Music. It's uh, Menachem Pressler on piano with Arthur Fagan conducting, and that starts at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, I have to plug Swing, the musical. It opens, uh, or it, it starts at 7.30 at the uh, Ruth and Halls Theater mm-hmm. right down the street. Um, but there, there is something going on every, every single day here in, in Bloomington and on campus. Like I had mentioned before, 113 Days of Art, which is the IU uh, arts endeavor for the entire summer and today is day 40 of 113 oh, days so orient myself so yeah so orient. so you know where we are yeah. but uh you can check out their website which is uh 
artsfest.indiana.edu slash 113, and you can see what is going on across campus all summer long. And I'll just throw in that downtown Cardinal Stage has Charlotte's Web that runs tonight, that runs through this weekend, and then I think closes next weekend. So, um, you know, if, if that book is... One of your favorites, one of your children's favorites, and it certainly is at our house. Um, I think an opportunity to be reintroduced to the magic of that story is a, would be a great um, performance opportunity. I think some of the shows are selling out. So um, if you're interested, you should go to cardinalstage.org and uh, check out what shows are still available. Well, it's always interesting to think about you know a community the size of Bloomington, and you've just mentioned four or five different options for tonight. And, and people could go to the History Center at 6 o'clock and check out the exhibit there or one of the other museums in town. I don't know how many are open at 6 o'clock in the evening, but the History Center has an event tonight. Then you can go on to one of these uh, performances somewhere right. or and then right. hit a nightclub. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. there are exactly. people that stay up late in yeah, this I know. town and Probably. lots of things to do if you want to stay up late. Right, right. So um, a lot of uh, your focus, Maya, is on the, the bead. Mm-hmm. Bloomington mm-hmm. Entertainment, Entertainment and Arts District. Arts District. Yes. Mm-hmm. So give us sort of an overview of the bead. I know it was established, what, Four or five years ago? Established uh, more or less in 2005. The boundaries were set in 2006, and then we really sort of got really going in 2007 when we um, uh, started the strategic plan, rolled that out in 2008, and we've been going sort of great uh, guns since that point. Um, what what BEAD really is, essentially, is a, a officially designated cultural district by the state of Indiana. We are a 60-block area of downtown that has... Uh, cultural arts and cultural amenities, um, restaurant and retail, public art, trails. Uh, we are a, a geographic area that that has a concentrated level of artistic activity, and I think that's putting it mildly. Uh, and what we do in our office is primarily help to promote that through a weekly e-newsletter, a website, and then doing things like what I'm doing right now, which is talking, trying to talk about the things that, we're, that are going on downtown. We also offer grant programs to help support projects, programs, and initiatives that are arts-based. Uh, we also commission and support public art, the creation of public art, primarily in the district, but in other places uh, in Bloomington. We also do workshops. Uh, that are of interest to artists and arts organizations. We also partner with Ivy Tech and the Cook Center for Entrepreneurship on some of those workshops. And then we also, uh, as I mentioned, do grants and and do help with small business development and so forth. And so that that's sort of what, what BEAD is about. Um, and certainly we have a lot of partners. We couldn't do it if we didn't have a lot of partners. But... Um, what we're primarily about is is helping leverage uh, the arts and cultural activity that's happening in the community uh, to help benefit the Bloomington economy. And by doing so, obviously helping those artists and arts organizations that do uh, that produce arts for a living. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we go further, uh, it's Helmut Henschel. And Thank you. Helmut, I knew it was an H. But I really do yeah. apologize for that. <laughs> Very for, sorry. I was getting ready to look but, that up. But, but thank I you. And then, again, we, we hope a lot of people go to, to the History Center tonight. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and any other. All right, and see him in his tux absolutely right. going That's down right. the stairs. Right. So, um, so in, in terms of arts, you know, as an economic driver mm-hmm. in the community, I'm struck by the fact that it's such a – um, there's such a range of things. I mean, you have a lot of people who are artists in the community. Then you right. have people who run galleries. Mm-hmm. Then you have community organizations that are nonprofits that are involved. I was thinking mm-hmm. this morning as I passed a sign for Janine Garofalo, who's going to be at the Comedy Attic. Right. Right. I mean, that's just that. That's a new area of. I mean, she's a comedian that many, many, many people right. have right. heard about, and that's a, a private. Right. Absolutely. I mean, what a great example. I mean, last weekend we had the inaugural Limestone Comedy Festival um, that um, was, by all accounts, a huge success. Multiple venues, some of them for-profit venues, some of them not-for-profit venues. Uh, Comedy Attic is a for-profit arts based business and we have many of those in downtown we have galleries we have pygmalions we have Bloomington craft supplies we have rock paper scissors uh and actually i i wrote a column in in the herald times last week um on gallery walks 10th anniversary just as a gentle celebration of the anniversary but then also reminding people that just because it has arts in the in the name doesn't necessarily mean it's a not-for-profit uh, venture that that many uh, of our arts-based 
um, organizations or businesses or uh, enterprises are for-profit businesses and that they have the same issues and challenges and, and thoughts and hopes and dreams that any other small business might have. So, again, that's what we hope for BEAD, which is to have a pretty robust mix of arts and cultural organizations as well as for-profit businesses in the arts and then shoes and outdoor supplies and clothing and all sorts of other things as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And as I said earlier, we're uh, interested in hearing from other folks. If you want to call in from Nashville, Greencastle, Terre Haute, Columbus, Kokomo, French Lake, any place in our uh, our listening area, give us a call and let us know what's happening in your community this summer. Um, Emily, I wanted to go back to the museums, and you know, what's your what? Where did your interest uh, arise in museums, and why should why should we care about all this old stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's that is a really interesting question, actually. And uh, I used to be a uh, I've always read history a lot, even when I was a little kid. I preferred history to novels. And I also went around to all the antique stores, yard sales, um, estate sales. Estate sales were both the most fascinating and saddest thing to me because you could see someone's whole life. And uh, at that time, you know, in, in the 80s, a lot of people had lived through the entire 20th century, which is just a century of marvels in terms of the development of human culture and of inventions. And you would see it there all laid out, and then it would be dispersed. Mm-hmm. And in museums, you can find it, and it's going to stay put, and you can see it and investigate it. And that's why I love the farmer house, because the farmer house is exactly like those sales that I used to go to, except it's going to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fascinating look at the 20th century, which, again, I mean, we went from the Model T to the moon in the course of one century. Mm-hmm. And I think in that one museum, it's interesting to note, um, Mary Ellen Farmer, when she set it up, uh, um, you know, she set it up through a trust. She had an attorney. There are bylaws. The bylaws basically say nothing's going to leave that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was very uh, adamant that that this museum sort of depict the history of the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she kept everything. And she she had every letter that her husband Eddie had written to her from World War Two. Yes, and the, that that's there at the museum. I assume people can see those. Yes, things. they can. Um, they can even arrange to look at them more closely if they want to. We have a permanent World War Two display, though, and I um, I may be wrong, and the the history center maybe do something, but I think we may be the only permanent World War Two display in town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have a phone call, so let's go to uh, Holly from Bloomington, who's on the line. Holly? Hi, how are you? Good. Um, I'm calling. I'm coming late to the broadcast, unfortunately, but I'm calling to sort of answer the question that you just asked Emily about museums. And as a former museum professional, museums tell us where we've been, and we need to know where we've been so we know where we're going. And Thank in Bloomington, know. one of the best very best places for that is the Mathers Museum on campus at IU. It is an amazing, amazing museum. Describe it a little bit further for us. Well, um, it's the Mathers Museum of World Cultures, so it's an anthropological museum, an archaeological museum, um, and all of those things can be considered art history as well. Yeah, go ahead, Maya. Well, and I was going to say, I think, um, unless I'm wrong, that they at one point had a pretty great exhibit of sort of the history of everything or sort of a great timeline. That is, yes. I believe that exhibition is still up. Yes. It is. Yeah, and it, it was is. yeah, it was pretty great. And 
especially for those of us who um, have trouble sometimes putting things into context or certainly have children who it's sometimes helpful for them to put things into context. It it was a great tool to take my kids to say, OK, here we, you know, history didn't start the you know, second you arrived in the world. So right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> didn't start, there, there wasn't always an iPhone. <laughs> exactly. 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 But, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But yeah, the Mathers is really a, a, an incredible jewel in Bloomington, and I have been all over the country to museums all over the place, and the Mathers has always been one of my very, very, very favorites. That's great. Okay, so now you have to tell me why, if you, of all the museums that you've seen, what, what makes it one of your very favorites? I think it's the diversity of the collections, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because there's Native American stuff, there is, um, there's African stuff, there's all kinds of stuff. It's not just a specific culture or a specific time period. There, there's just so much to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, about the Mathers, and thanks, Holly, for saying that so concisely that I was rambling about, but <laughs> that was great. Um, about the Mathers, they're celebrating their 50th year this that's year. Right. Oh, that's right. You're right. They are. Yeah. Uh, they had something a while back, and I went. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and they had some really interesting things where um, the staff picked out pieces from various Oh, I remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating yeah. to read why their staff people picked specific items from all of the collections they've got and all of the pieces that they have. The staff people picked this particular piece for this reason, and, and it was equally as interesting to read why as to read mm-hmm. about and to, and to view the actual object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that exhibit is called Treasures of the Mathers Museum, and it's still yeah. running. Uh-huh. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. All right. So, All right. And yeah, the other. If you get a chance, go see it because it's it's fascinating. Yeah. The, the other one that uh, Nicola brought up was the the origins of everything, and that is another yeah. exhibit that yeah. is open um, continuously. Um, in in fact, according to the. Um, 113 Days website, Mathers has 13 exhibits or events going on today. Today? Uh, and, and pretty much every day. So those are those <laughs> right. open exhibits and that yeah. include the two that were mentioned here as well as numerous others. And again, well, summer's a great time to, um, to, to check the Mathers out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 But thank you for letting me put my two cents sure. in. Like I said, I'm a former museum professional, and museums are just really... No matter what community you're in, if you have a museum, go be a part of it. They really are an important asset to any community. All right, Holly. Thanks. Thanks. You guys have a good day. Okay. Thanks a lot. If you want to give us a call, you can call 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition if you don't want to go on the air with us. So, uh, <laughs> right. so Drew, you, you just have schedules everywhere of things, <laughs> things going on. I've taken over so, my half of the table. Right. So, I should only have a third, but I have half no, of it. So 113 different uh, days. Days of events. I mean, how do you how do you go about sort of collecting all those? Or were they already established, or do you have to say, okay, here's day uh, ninety two, and there's nothing going on? We got to create something. <laughs> well, and that's the that's the great thing about having the resources of the university uh, at our disposal. The all of the arts groups that are affiliated and uh, and the university itself. So IU Communications. And all of the uh, different venues got together and and put together a calendar of just all the things that we were programming for the course of the summer. So it goes from art to cinema, dance, music, theater. They're all represented there. And there is almost one for every day. And, you know, you can come in, come into Bloomington, be part of that. You can see something on day one, day 113. Like like we said earlier today, today's day 40. There are six separate venues programming today. The Mathers Museum that we talked about, uh, the Grunewald Gallery that's hosting the uh, Kinsey Institute juried art show for 2013. IU Cinema has uh, programming tonight as well, the International Art House series that's going on. 
So it's uh, it's top to bottom. The art museum can't be forgotten. Uh, right, absolutely. Right. And, and they have several you know programs and tours and all sorts of things going on this summer. And for those right. Hoosiers out there that uh, may remember that the the Grunewald Gallery was the old sofa. That gallery. is correct. <laughs> that, uh, thank you, Bob, for making that, that yeah. distinction. Yeah, thank right. you. Emily? The art museum has a really exciting event coming up uh, next, I think, next Friday or the Friday after. It's June 21st from 7 to 9.30. They're going to be open that late, uh, mm-hmm. 9.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it's called Midsummer Night at the Art Museum. All right. Thank you. I mm-hmm. And they're going to have live music by the Dynamics and a self-guided tour on the theme of night. Uh, so that's going to be at the e- at uh, the IU Art Museum at the Fine Arts Plaza. And what day is that? The twenty first of June. Okay, yeah. that's probably a don't miss. I think I yeah. remember an event like Next that Friday. last yeah. year yeah. with yeah. the Valours at the yes, uh, last yeah. year. that was a great event. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that one. All right, so there are a lot of other staples in the community during the summer. Um, Maya Taste of Bloomington comes absolutely to mind. the Art Fair on the Square. Can you right. talk about those? absolutely that is all of that happens uh, next. Saturday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the 22nd. Uh, it starts with, the, obviously, the Community Farmer's Market, which sort of anchors everything. Uh, starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, goes until uh, noon on that day. Uh, we usually close at 1, but on that day we go until noon. Uh, and then Arts Fair on the Square, which is um, produced now by the Bloomington Playwrights Project. And they've That's taken true. that uh, and done a fantastic job, expanded the event. And added their own Chadian uh, uh, touches to it. I'm going to hear about this later. But anyway, uh, that goes until five, and I think they have about 70 artists around the uh, around the lawn of the of the courthouse square, uh, along with some uh, booths on Sixth Street as well. Yep. And then Taste of Bloomington kicks off at 3 p.m. and goes until 11. And they have expanded. They expanded last year and are keeping the the larger footprint. Um, they are expanding to the north lot of Morton Street. They have three stages of entertainment. A lot at uh, forty-six restaurants will be there, plus beverages, adult and regular uh, kids activities, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and the proceeds benefit um, uh, Hoosier Hills and the Community Kitchen. So it's not only a fabulous event; it, it supports a fabulous cause. So mm-hmm. we have that happening. Uh, we have the Fourth of July parade on the fourth of July. Uh, the 5th of July, uh, actually, um, uh, Ivy Tech Waldron Art Center will be opening uh, several exhibits. Uh, the uh, Wonder Lab has uh, their Science of Art series, which happens on the first Friday of every month. And then the Eiffel Building at 4th and Rogers, which if you haven't been and checked out that new destination, it's, um, it's the former du- uh, Duesenberg um, uh, dealership that actually uh, closed before it opened. Uh, I think Duesenberg went under before they before they actually opened the dealership. But for many years, it was the home of the uh, a barber shop and a beauty supply store and so forth. And now, in uh, through some loving restoration by a lot of committed folks, uh, it is now home to Bloomington Clay Studio, several artist spaces, a new restaurant or a new bakery that's coming called the Rainbow Bakery, and they are hosting a uh, First Friday um, uh, event on that part of Fourth Street on that uh, on July fifth, and they'll also be doing it in August. So, a new area that's emerging for arts activity in downtown in a really great space. So, if you haven't checked it out, um, go see what they're up to. And they're actually doing an open clay exploration event tomorrow all day long. People can come in and check out the clay studio, put your hands in some clay and squish it up and reenact your own moment from Ghost if you want to (laughs) uh, for free uh, to check out what the clay studio offers as far as classes and workshops and all that good stuff. We have a phone call, but but, uh, I do want to get back, Maya, after the phone call to to some of this about different pockets of of downtown. But but first, we're going to go north a little bit. We're going to talk to Ted, who's in Kokomo. Ted? Hi. Uh, you have no idea how jealous you're making me. <laughs> uh, the problem, or one of the big problems we find up here is scheduling. And I was very interested to hear about IU's schedule, about doing six things in one day. Uh, I'm connected with Cocoa Civic Theater, uh, and our last main show, uh, uh, you know, a very famous musical, uh, happened to fall on the same time as Taste of Kokomo. Mm-hmm. Evidently, people would like to go out and drink and party <laughs> rather than come see a musical. 
which I think I might be able to understand, but <laughs> how do you go about scheduling so you don't eliminate half or more of your audience uh, because audiences are not all that big? Well, I'll just jump in, and, and Drew and Emily probably have some additional thoughts. Some of our major events, like um, First Fridays or Gallery Walks or Taste of Bloomington, generally happen more or less at the same time every year. So there's a certain, you know, there's a certain we know sort of the players and, and where they're going to sort of fall out. IU runs, you know, largely on an academic schedule for some of their big uh, productions. But then again, obviously, there's a lot of summer activity as well. And, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, we're all respective of each other's schedules and check with each other when we schedule things. But we often have situations where two fantastic things bump up against each other and, you know, one event might have end up attracting more of an audience than the other. Um, I, all I can say is to the best that we're able to, we do try to connect with each other when we can. And, 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 and our office, as well as Visit Bloomington, which is our Convention and Visitors Bureau, who, who works a lot with a lot of us and a lot of the big events, really do try to help, frankly, be points of connection for people to check with about conflicts and so forth. So, you know, I, I, all I can say is, you know, try to reach out to some of the the community partners to say, you know what, it, for, from an economic development standpoint, for your theater to perform on its own weekend is ultimately better for the community than it than it, you know, obviously bump up against another event. So if folks can sort of think about the good of the community in that way, I think maybe it gets you on the road to to working together a little bit more. True. I don't know. True. Yeah, Maya makes an excellent point that, it, and and she's also a little bit modest in saying that they bead and and visit Bloomington play a small role. They play a huge role in getting us all together at the same table when we can and coordinating as much as we can. So I would recommend, you know, finding someone in your community that is uh, an organizer like that and and, and utilizing those um, talents that they have to put those sort of things together. It it is. A, a huge part of making it all work is is just as having this community communication that's going on and 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 working together to make those things and what we do at the theater but also uh, through 113 days and summer festival of the arts is is to work together and try to be sort of co-sponsors with each other, promoting others' events as as a way to bring people together. It, it may not be that you would come to see the the civic theater performance, but you would be coming to town because you wanted to be a taste of Kokomo. And then if they would say, you know, you've enjoyed this experience, there's a great show going on yeah. later this evening, come back uh, yeah. and go see that and come back and have dessert after it's over, something like that. And those are the kind of things that we do, tie-ins that, that try to tie a lot of those pieces right. together. Right. Uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to put in, a lot of times we don't necessarily see events as competing. Uh, Taste of Bloomington last year was one of the biggest attendance days for the Farmer House Museum, and we had absolutely nothing uh, special going on that day. <laughs> um, but we got uh, we're right near the where the venue is, and uh, we got a lot of traffic because of it. So now we've planned to have something going on that day. We're definitely going to have um, be prepared and have something for people to do because it's going to be an exciting day for the whole town really mm -hmm. I'm, I want to ask the caller if he's still there do you, do, do you have a regional arts partner or a regional arts council that you work with uh, we, you know, we have the Kokomo Arts Council and much of everything is scheduled so it doesn't mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. you know, overlap mm -hmm. uh, uh, we were in a conflict with uh, IUK this year mm -hmm. uh, one of their arts groups needed the weekend that we've traditionally had right so uh, uh, and IUK things come first. Right. Well, uh, I, I I will tell you that at some, you know, you, you you no doubt know the audiences in Kokomo and what, what they tend to come to and, and, and who comes to what and so forth. But I, I would, I'd say reach out to your local arts council and your, and your arts partner to, to help broker the conversation that, you know, what's good for 
everyone as it relates to events is good for the community. And so, you know, I'm I'm sure that conversation has been had. (laughs) Uh, uh, I wish I could have attended your conference in Madison. Well, you know, I think they'll be doing another one in the uh, in the fall. Uh, So um, if you're not uh, if you don't if you're not subscribed to the Indiana Arts Commission's newsletters, you might. We are. Okay, great. Well, I hope to see you at the next one. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. All right, Ted. Thanks for calling from Kokomo. Okay. Uh, we have about three minutes to go. If you have a quick call, eight five five zero eight one one or eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. I think Ted made an excellent point. And Maya, you know, how many of these meetings have uh, we been to where a lot of people who are involved in the arts yes. get together to try to figure out how everybody can work can together? Can work together. And again, I what the best? I think the best arrangement that we've come to is that there. I think that when when someone comes to, to me wanting to plan a new event or wants to get something new off the ground, there's a you know I try to share with them the the various things that I know that might be happening at the community at the other at that time, and I. Tell them, I suggested them to go to visit Bloomington and to go to the Herald Times um, uh, calendar, and I used calendar to begin to get a sense of what you know what else might be happening. Because I do think when people have an opportunity to to be thoughtful about when they arrange events, and then they ought to you know again t- do their homework. I mean, that's just part of any research that you might do for an event. But frankly, again, sometimes. Um, I mean, we do, by and large, run on an academic schedule. So there are going to be natural, con- you know, cosmic convergences. You know, when the opera's running and the IU Auditorium's running and theater, drama, and dance is running, and and we all just hold our breath and and just count our lucky stars that we live in the town that we live in, and we do our best to see as much as we can see. Okay, we are almost out of time. But any last thoughts, uh, things that you want to suggest for people to go to this summer, Emily? Um, yeah, the. The uh, Wonder Lab is having a great exhibit this summer. Everybody with kids should definitely go and see it. It's called Construction Junction, mm-hmm. the Science of Building. It's a very hands-on exhibit, and they have two separate areas. One's for toddlers and preschoolers, and one's for school-age children. And they get to build and test and uh, design mm-hmm. structures. And some of the structures were are big enough that people can walk through them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really exciting. It was designed by the Chicago uh, Children's Museum. Sounds great. And Ten uh, seconds? Yes. Um, on your way to see um, Helmut come down the stairs in front of the History Museum, before you go see Swing um, and before you see Charlotte's Web tomorrow, uh, tonight uh, at uh, Waldron Hill and Buskirk Park, uh, Craig and the Crawdads is playing, in, in, uh, and I haven't even mentioned the Parks and Rec's free yeah. concert series, which is all summer long, three parks, movie series later in August, um, bloomington.in.gov slash parks for the schedule. Drew, you've got three seconds. It's a short drive. Come see us in Bloomington, and we'll definitely have something for you to do, Uh I promise. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, all of our guests today, Maya Michelson, Emily Purcell, and Drew Bratton. Thanks to our callers. Thanks to my co-hosts who couldn't be with us. Thanks to Gretchen Frazee and Emily Wright and Engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net.